Warning, the following podcast contains frank discussions of racism, illegal activities, and cowboys. For sensitive listeners, all offensive terms have been replaced with the word NASCAR. to Below the Bible Belt, the sordid confessions of two men who have nothing in common except an accent. I'm Matt. And I'm James. Good evening, sir, or good afternoon, I'm sorry. That got, doesn't matter. I'm on South Carolina time. Time has no place in the South. We're still stuck in 1866, so what do we know? I'm in sepia tones right now. I'm, I'm, of course, having my portrait painted as we speak. <laughs> There's a horrified German man painting it. He's using way too much red. I'm, I'm standing in front of a fireplace with a tin can in one hand and a saber in the other. <laughs> You're a hobo supervillain. Um, so, um, how has your month been, Mr. Lewis? Uh, Whoa, Mr. Lewis. I like Mr. Massa Lewis, how about that? I'll be Even sure. better. That's a boss. I'm glad you know your place. I, I won't get up with you, sir. <laughs> You're my house, Matt. Your house, NASCAR. <laughs> my month's been pretty uneventful. Mm-hmm. I've just been basking in the glow of our first podcast. Yes. While those Yankees listening, like, my God, is it really that bad? Nope. It's worse. Do they really drink that much sweet tea? My God. That's why um, sugar, I think I bleed sugar now because of sweet tea. We're becoming fat Elvis. We're just producing sweets. <laughs> yeah, I sweat butter. It's a fact. But, um, yeah, my week, my, not my week, I'm sorry, my month has been pretty normal. Just the same old comings and goings. I feel like, I thought about this the other day, I feel like we call this a podcast, but this is almost like a two-person support group. <laughs> Victims of Southern Living. We should start a magazine. <laughs> it's sponsored by the magazine. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing that you and I were talking about before uh, we started the show, we were trying to decide on maybe what we would talk about. And... Um, we talked about a little bit about uh, animals, and that sort of segued into horses. That's something that, you know, of course, people up north, they like to joke that that's the primary mode of transportation down here is a horse, which is maybe 80% accurate, no. depending on what state you live in. It's also the primary source of love. I thought I thought those were pigs. Uh, that, that's the primary source for lust. Get it straight. Lust. Yes, there you go. You, yeah, you you you, uh, you take a horse home to your parents. A pig you just see over the weekend. That's what my father taught me anyway. Right before he yanked my hair out. <laughs> he yanked your hair out for bringing a pig home. Not in my house. Not in my house. And then he proceeded to yell and call everyone pig lovers. You're not going to bring home no dirty NASCAR pig. <laughs> um, but, um... Via yeah, about horses, um, little known fact, I used to actually ride horses. I was a something of a horseback 
rider, which I guess, if you think about it, really, anybody who jumps on a horse at least once is a horseback rider. Or drunk, yes. Um, that reminds me, I seen a story, it was here in South Carolina a couple years ago, in the upstate South Carolina. This lady, <clears throat> it was like over some holiday, she was drunk, she couldn't find her keys, her car keys, so what she did was, she drunk, she rode a horse to the store. <laughs> and naturally she got pulled over, and I think they tried to give her a DUI, but she argued that she was not driving while she was drunk. The horse was perfectly sober, so therefore she should she shouldn't get a DUI. That's Rocky Balboa logic. <laughs> Loophole, son. But um, I think she ended up getting arrested, and so did the horse. He attacked the officer, so <laughs> they put him down. It went on a countrywide crime spree. <laughs> it jumped in. The, it jumped in the car and drove off. It started working as a getaway driver. <laughs> it tried to flip the police officer off, but then it stopped and realized it has no fingers. It put on a white saddle with a scorpion on the back. <laughs> Became involved in a store heist that went wrong. He killed Albert Brooks, but just for completely different reasons. It put on an expressionless horse mask and murdered Ron Perlman. Yeah, well, well, in the horse's defense, Ron Perlman had it coming. Yeah. Um, But no, uh, I, I used to ride horses uh my father had a horse he got into horse riding i was about eight or nine. Oh, your ho- your father rode something brown i can't believe it <laughs> well you don't know what color the horse was oh true it was brown so <laughs> call on that it was actually have you ever heard of the color bay bay sort of like a darker brown and uh that's he had like a tennessee walking horse is what he rode and that sounds like a drink for me, a Tennessee walking horse. Well, yeah. I mean, to ride a horse, you have to be a little drunk, so I guess it fits with the name. But, um, no, uh, he rode, and he was pretty good at it. Uh, he, he got to like it, and so I was about 12 when, you know, he said, hey, do you want to, if, if I get your horse, will you ride with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd really like to ride, so... Twelve is the age where all southern boys become interested in girls and horses. Naturally. Horses, girls, I would say guns, but like we become interested in those like when we're two. Yeah. That's when I got my first gun anyway. I was born with a shotgun in my hand. Which made your uh birth kinda weird. Yeah, well I wouldn't come out. And I was I was like clinging to the side of the walls, it was really disturbing, so they just had to stick a shotgun in and fish me out. Yeah, I've I heard of shotgun wins, but shotgun births, that's a, that's a new one on me. They didn't want me backing out of things. You you you, you, uh, you come out the womb, and you've been trying to get back in ever since. Aren't we all? Um, but, uh, yeah, I was 12, and he got me this horse. It was, I can't remember what kind of breed it was. It was similar to the horse he had, but um, it was a girl. Of course. She was a little, sh- she was a little shorter. Um, but I, I enjoyed riding horses. I did, but the problem I think was that I didn't ride alone was because I was 12 and like, I was, I felt the fear, you know, and I, I was scared to death of falling off. Almost fell off a few times, but, um, but honestly, between you, me, and whoever's listening, that horse I had was a bitch. <laughs> I'm serious. That I mean, I know animals. They talk about animals, but this horse was 
a bitch because like her thing was that she she couldn't let anybody else lead. You know, like anytime she saw like another horse in front of her, she would run to you know catch up and pass it to be in the lead. And you know, twelve years old going down these trails and stuff, and you know, it catches sight of another horse and it takes off. And I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> that bitch horse wouldn't let anybody else be on top. I'm holding on to the saddle for dear life. And there was one time we were riding and. The trail we were on, there were other people there. We'd seen them early in the day, and they'd went out like, like thirty minutes for us. And so the day goes on, and we're riding, and we we go across this, we come, we take this bend in the path, and then we come out to this long stretch, of just open field, and way off in the distance in the field, in the end of the field is a horse. I'm talking about like maybe 300 yards away. I see the horse. And I know what's going to happen. Oh, shit. No. And like a half second later, woof, she is running all out across that field to catch that horse. I mean, I've dropped the reins at this point. I've given them any kind of chance of stopping her. I'm gripping onto the saddle horn for dear life. I am praying I'm doing anything I can to make sure I do not fall off. This image of you at 12 holding on to dear life to a runaway horse. And eventually, my father, he saw what was going on. And he, he helped me out. He run. I mean, he got his horse up to speed. And he, you know, he come up from the side. And, you know, he cut her off. And it slowed her down. You know, she stopped. She spun around. And watched she Pulled the horse's her. hair. Kicked her ass. <laughs> while she spun around I'm still on her while she's spinning around by the way still holding on to the saddle and she's not spinning around slowly spinning around very fast and you know I almost I almost fought, fell off that time because like the problem was like the boot I had got stuck in the saddle the, uh, the stirrup this is so dramatic I was afraid of falling off or getting drugs see that's one thing too like you know, it's one thing to fall off. Like, if your foot gets stuck in the stirrup, then you get drunk. So, but um, that time, I averted chaos. Actually, which is kind of lucky, because there were some times some stuff happened, and I got very lucky. I never fell off. But um, one other story I'll tell briefly was uh, when we went riding again. We went riding with this guy. He was with us. I think we'd met him or something at the place. He's like, hey, you want to ride with us? Yeah, sure. And now, keep in mind, my horse is a mare. She's a female. And my father's horse was a boy, but um, he was a gelding, which meant he'd been castrated, like, years before. So, you know, he, he, he for some reason, I never got this. He could get hard, but I don't know how he could get hard if he didn't have balls. <laughs> I never figured that out, like, because there'd be times where he just, like, he'd get hard and, like, his dick would, like, smack him in the chest. <laughs> and, I mean, that'd be it. That's all he'd do. Just, that was I sex guess, for him. Yeah, I guess that was his way of getting off smacking himself in the chest. I mean, if mine I think, could reach to my chest, that's all I'd do. <laughs> I think he was into, um, you know, sadomasochism, beating himself up with his own dick. But, um, but now this horse that was with us was, you know, it was a male horse, had his balls. And as we're going on, like I mentioned before, my horse likes to lead. So I was in the lead. 
Um, this guy's horse was behind me, and my father's horse was behind him. As it's going on, you know, we're about maybe an hour into the ride, then my horse, you know, she starts, like, whining a little. And it's the horse, she's whining because the horse that's behind her is getting closer and closer as we go. And he is sniffing something. He is putting his hand, he's putting his nose close to where her pussy was. And it's smelling, oh, you know. Oh, don't say pussy in the same sentence as horse. <laughs> um, well, I will say, and you'll like it. All right. <laughs> you know you like it. But, um, so, as it goes on, like, you know, I'm kind of looking behind me. I'm like, oh, God, what's he doing? What's that horse doing, you know? This horse is getting turned on by, you know, my horse. Because, honestly, like, you know, she's, at this point, she's been living with this gelding for, you know, I don't know, a couple months now, so. She's just a simple girl. She's been isolated. She's been isolated. Her only friend is, you know, a eunuch. So, yeah. She ain't been laid. And so, I look back, and next thing I know, that horse is fully erect. And a few minutes later, as he, he keeps getting closer and closer, finally, he rears up. <laughs> Wait, he, before you go forward, uh-huh. question. Once his penis becomes erect, is he running? Yeah, he's still he's still going. Yeah. So it's just flying all over the. Well, place. No, we're not running, but like you know, it's more of like a trot or a steady walk. I mean, these we weren't actually full out. You know, we were riding horses, but we weren't full out running them. You know, most time when you go horse horse riding, you're going pretty slow and steady. Unless you know, in my case, there happens to be a horse in front of you, then it's the Kentucky Derby. But um. Anyway, this horse he rears up, and he's trying—he's trying to mount my horse while I'm riding it. And I see, you know, as he's rearing up, like his owner's trying to calm him down, you know. And I see this gigantic black horse stick, maybe a, two, a few feet from where my ass is. <laughs> And you're just hoping he doesn't get confused. Um, yeah, because that's why I squeezed like a, <laughs> a, 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 a kicked her. Like, oh, fuck this. And, you know, she tried it off, luckily, and he managed to get the horse calmed down. So, as, so from, you know, as much as it pained my horse from then on out, we let his horse lead while I was in the middle. She just trotted home and came to her eunuch friend and tearfully told him the whole story. Yeah, she was pissed. She looked at me. You were such a fucking cock block. I think that's probably why she wanted to throw me off. She kept running to knock me off just because I was a cock blocker. It was hard for her to get in the mood with you bouncing on top of her. <laughs> well, you know, in my case, it's always the opposite. So, the next story I have. This is uh, when we first got. This was before I got my horse. This was like a month. Or no, not a month. Maybe a year. And, uh, my father was keeping his horse at this, this, uh, she was a friend of my mother's. And so, like, she had cows and stuff, pastures, and she let him stay there for free. So, no, yeah, for to her credit. Um, but anyway, there was this bull that lived with him. Yeah, he was a bull. He had nothing but cows around him. You know, he was, he was a pimp daddy, or he could have been, <laughs> which is what makes this story so strange. Despite having all the female cows around him, he was obsessed with my father's horse. 
Like she said, he would follow him around all day, all the time. Anywhere the horse went, the cat, the bull was behind him. Almost like, I don't know, like, he was almost in love with the horse. You bring that sweet tail over on here, baby. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's why I guess it's that case of, you know, what you can't have. You know, that guy, he was, you know, the horse was surrounded by other cows. He's like, fuck that, I want the horse, you know. Why don't you sit down over here, take them heavy horseshoes off, and sit a spell? Um, Another and, horse seduced by Bootsy Collins' bull. <laughs> I always wondered why he had that big top hat on. I never figured that. But um, he um, the horse. One day we went out there and we seen the horse. He had he was limping, and we couldn't figure out why it was and what had happened. We had figured what happened. Now this is what we figured happened. We could be wrong. But our speculation was that that bull had put him like in the corner of the stable, or not the stable, but like of the fence. And was trying to fuck him, you know. And, you know, of course, our, you know, the horse got away, but he like banged his shin or something on the on the fence, you know. And he was limping. He was limping. I mean, it wasn't like he could break his leg or nothing, but you know, he was pretty serious limp. Let's play out like the scene in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's what he uh, the bull speaks his horn up to the horse's ear. <laughs> I'd like to tell you that horsey got away. But this farm is not a fairy tale. I really, I'd like to tell you that he fought a good fight, but he didn't. Because um, he was a fucking horse. He had no concept of things like dignity. <laughs> he was fucked, and then he shit himself that very next day. That's an animal. What do you expect, honestly? Well, it's Morgan Freeman over there in the field. <laughs> I have nothing better to do. Do we have to put up our Morgan Freeman crow again? <laughs> it's just a scarecrow of Gene Hackman. <laughs> oh, Hackman, we meet again. Bye-bye. And then he just fades away into the mist. <laughs> but, um, but no, my father, he had noticed this bull falling around. It was pissing him off. And he kind of wanted to say something to the lady who had the cows, but... He's kind of, he, he was worried because, you know, she letting him stay there for free. So, he got pissed. One day we were down there. It was me, him, and there was this Mexican guy that he knew. Um, he, he was like a blacksmith. He'd worked around town and stuff. Um, I, I have no idea what his real name was. But everybody called him Vetch. Um, are, do you know people out there? People like that I know who... I've known them all their lives, or my life, or whatever, and I don't know the real name. I just know them by a nickname. I do, too, and they're all nicknames, like Willie and Bubba and Pepito. I made that yeah. last one up. Really? Well, I know a guy named Pepito. It's weird. Coincidental, huh? Fuck you, Rod Serling. Um, but it was me, uh, my father, and Vitch. We were out there. He was feeding his horse, and that bull come up. You know, he kept crowding the horse's face. He didn't like it. You know, the horse didn't like it. So what my father did, by the fence was this piece of rebar. And he took the rebar. And the bull was so focused on the horse that he didn't hear my father coming. My father drew back and whack. He, he smacked the bull, like, in the back of the neck with this heavy piece of rebar. Whoa. 
And that bull, he just, he just, he dropped like a fucking bag of bricks. Just, <laughs> he like rolled over on his stomach and he didn't know what was going on. And I was kind of scared because I was afraid he didn't hurt the bull. But Vets, this the Mexican guy, he was laughing his ass off. And he was laughing in this like thick Mexican accent. Like the guy, the guy had been in America for 30, going on 30 years at that point. But he still couldn't. I mean, you couldn't understand the word he said sometimes. He laughed a hearty Mexican laugh. <laughs> yes. Um, and then he danced around the Mexican hat. But um, I think he, he was happy that somebody finally killed that bull. Probably. Or at least brought it down. It wasn't going to take him again. But um, the bull, like, and I was worried he was hurt, but he got up. And what was so funny was, like, he was running, but, like, because I don't know what was wrong with him, but he run, like, his... I swear to God, he he had his head down to the ground, like you see, it was maybe a half inch off the ground as he was running, you know, away. And what's kind of interesting about the story with that bull is that he was full grown at this point, but like a year earlier, when he was just a calf, he'd gotten loose and he'd gotten out in the fence, you know. Uh, he'd, he almost got into the highway, but like my father was going to feed his horse and he saw him. So, you know, he managed to get the bull back, you know, the little calf back. He was able to take him to safety, you know, from getting hit. And from then on out, whenever I saw the bull, it looked like anytime he saw my father, there was like this look in his eyes of just betrayal. He's like, dude, we were cool. What happened? In his most intimate moments, that bull remembers your dad's hand at his throat. He remembers the man who beat him. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't. I think they ended up selling that bull. Like we never told the lady who owned the bull. That was something like, all right, we you know because he he, uh, he didn't want to tell her because you know, she might get pissed. Because that's something like to this day, like she's never found out about it because like any, just by any time I see Fetch, anytime he, like if I talk to him for any long period of time, he'll bring that up. To him, it was like the funniest damn thing he's ever seen. So your dad never wanted the lady to know that. He battled her bull. No, uh-uh. Just because, like I said, she might have t- took an offense at it. But, um, but yeah, and to his credit, though, that bull never messed with the horse again. Once again, your father's dirty fighting tactics work out for the best. <laughs> yeah, see, the problem is he tried to pull its hair, but, you know, it's a bull was covered in hair, so he just went with rebar to the back of the neck. Nine months later, you were born. <laughs> that was nine months later my brother was born he he celebrates every victory in, in battle by having a child every time your father knocks down something that's black he fucks his wife <laughs> uh oh I want to be careful he chopped down a black tree the other day so no it's time to celebrate but um but no those are just some of the brief stories I have from uh horse riding your heartwarming career of animal husbandry. Yes. Um, I was nearly sodomized by a horse dick. Uh, nearly fell off a horse, and I watched the bull get the shit beat out of him. So, good times. So, Matt, speaking yes. of horse rape. Yes. Um, what, what of it? I, I'm just going to let that segue sink in for a second. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I have a new story. Oh, boy. Uh, this new story comes, it was first brought to my attention by NBC Local News, NBC mm-hmm. 15, which, 
as you might remember, is the same news program that brought us the Alabama Leprechaun. Everybody was seeing Leprechaun and say, yeah, yeah. Now, interesting fact, immediately after that became a huge viral sensation, everyone on that news team was fired. Really? Yeah. Seriously, wow. Just everyone. Damn, like, they, they don't fuck around. You would think that they'd kind of be happy, because... Somebody's paying attention to Alabama. Yeah. Because as this news story shows, like the only time anyone pays attention to the South is when somebody puts his dick in something. Yes, unfortunately. If it's not an animal, it's Laura Bush. <laughs> so an animal. Oh. Oh, that was oh. mean. She's no Barbara Bush. <laughs> and she doesn't I have like an animal. She doesn't have the strong ankles of her mother. Not at all. This story broke about two years ago. Yes, and I want to say I've heard, I've heard mention of this story from people. Like you've been building this up for quite a while, so I'll be honest, my expectations are very high. As are the world's. But, uh, this got mentioned in a couple of weird news websites. I believe MSNBC did a story on it, but it was first brought to my attention by Leprechaun News. Leprechaun News. That's what I'm going to call this local okay. news network right, from cool. now on. It's like Leprechaun that. News. They simply said, a Wilmer man, Eric Easley, was accused this morning of wandering onto an isolated horse farm and raping a miniature horse. <laughs> Not just a horse, a miniature horse. I'm sorry, but if you're going to rape something, have the balls to go all out. Be a man. Don't half-ass it. Don't go after a horse that's like a dog. I mean, come on. I mean, go after a full-grown horse, not... Yeah. That's like saying you're going to rape Sean Bean, but then raping Peter Dinklage. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my grandma could rape a miniature horse, and she has. Many times. But, I mean, just to go show you how easy it is. She showed it to you when you were 12. Yeah. That's what spurred my interest in horseback riding. I'm like, I can get to do that. Play your cards right, son. Now, pay attention, Matt. You'll be schooled on this later. (laughs) I'm going to send you a photo of this guy. Uh Uh-huh. That'll be in the show notes later. Tell me that is not, like, just the fucking Michael Myers of horse rape. (laughs) I like that this guy, he is now the face of horse rape. <laughs> and what a face it is. Yes. Just look at those eyes, man. God. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. You can tell you look into those eyes, the only thing you can, the only thing that's staring back at you is rape. <laughs> Miniature horse rape. A thirst for tiny horse cock. And to make it worse, he's from Wilmer, which up until about three years ago was where I lived. Is the town directly next to Sims. You did not know this guy? Not that I can remember. Hmm. Didn't even, like, know of him. Like, that's how, like, that's a lot of times, like, you know, in my hometown, like, I hear about someone, like, there's some people that I've heard about for years, like, I've never met. They're like Bigfoot, you know, I always hear people <laughs> saying that they've seen him. All the pictures I've seen him are, like, blurry and out of focus. It's not blurry blurry footage of him with his dick in something. He Walking turns. Away. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
So this was two, you said two years ago, right? About two years ago, yeah. He was accused of raping horse. <laughs> how, how exactly did that happen? Like, did someone catch him in the act? <laughs> this is where, this is where it gets interesting. As what, if it ha- isn't already. <laughs> now, this is where it gets really unusual. What led the police to Easley's doorstep was the fact that he had dropped his wallet in the stable, which contained his driver's license and social security card. Come on, dude. <laughs> Who even carries their social security card but in their it, wallet? It, here's the thing, though. All right, I get, you know, finding a wallet and seeing, hey, someone's been in here, but for your mind, I automatically jumped in. Oh, my God, someone's raped one of my horses. Well, the woman who owned the horse said that she noticed that in the days following the alleged incident, her horse seemed more depressed than usual <laughs> and was hanging its head down. And there was also a bunch of human semen on its ass. I'm sure there was. I'm sure he left DNA samples, a written confession, video yeah, he, of the attack. He hung a sign on the horse saying, I raped it. And he signed his name at the bottom. Had it notarized. He has that photo of himself tacked to it. <laughs> what has two thumbs and likes to rape miniature horses? This guy. Getting a little pony boning. <laughs> um, so this guy, he gets arrested, I guess, for what, bestiality? Is that what the well, crime is? I'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, he's arrested, and despite the fact that they found his wallet on the scene, he denied it. And what was his excuse? I mean, like, you know, it wasn't his wallet, or well, he had a twin brother who stole his wallet. <laughs> it's actually worse than that, if you can believe it. This was such a big story in our area, Leprechaun News had to sit him down and do an exclusive interview with him. <laughs> I'm going to read you a transcript from this. Okay. Uh, the reporter asks him, I guess I need to just ask you plain out. Did you have sex with a horse? And he replied with, fuck no, I can get a whore to do that. I can get a fucking crack whore if I wanted to have sex. I don't know how my wallet ended up in the pen of the horse, but like I said, I was chasing a baby deer when I came up on a barn and I couldn't catch it. And two, I was drunk and I said no, so I turned back. I didn't even see no horses. <laughs> I, I gotta ask, why was he chasing the baby deer? Did he say, I was trying to fuck the baby deer? <laughs> he says, he I was- have standards. He says he was innocently driving next to a miniature horse ranch at 2.30 in the morning and saw an injured baby deer lying on the side of the road. He approached it wanting to give it medical assistance. Put his dick in it. And it ran off towards the ranch, and he chased after it. Because he cares so much, Matt. You were, Honestly, who has been in that situation, all right? I can count at least a dozen times. That I've been driving past a miniature horse farm, see a baby deer injured on the side of the road. I go after it, it runs, and I end up in the stables fucking a horse, all right? <laughs> Just shit happens. Shit happens. And furthermore, he said he was drunk, but yet he was driving a car. <laughs> Did they not? I mean, he admitted to DUI. But I guess, honestly, I'd take DUI over this shit any day. Okay, put yourself in his shoes for a moment. Assuming mm-hmm. this story is true. It isn't, but let's assume it's true. He sees an injured 
baby deer lying on the side of the road, gets out his first aid kit and his stethoscope. <laughs> he, of course, is, you know, of course this guy is a baby deer doctor. <laughs> That's what it said in his ID that he left in the scene, baby deer <laughs> veterinarian. He sneaks up to it, you know, tiptoeing like in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Suddenly, his first aid kit falls open, his bandages and horse tranquilizer falls out, startles the baby deer, and it gets up and runs away. Now, if that were me, my first thought would be, well, it's running away, so it's clearly not injured enough that I have to help it. Exactly. But no, he, he cared so much, Matt. He dropped everything and ran into the woods to find this baby deer and give it the help it needed. Well, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta admit, the man took oath to help baby deers, so. Or ba- help baby deer. I'm sorry, I said that grammatically incorrect. Damn it. It's this podcast, man. Okay. Yeehaw. <laughs> Y'all ain't. I say ain't all. What the fuck are you gonna do about it? But, um, anyway, that tangent aside. <laughs> you would, yeah, I agree. I mean,. You, anytime you, I mean, this, I don't really, what can you say is bullshit about his defense? That's all I can say consciously. I'm sorry. I'm surprised he didn't open up a baby deer veterinary clinic just to back up his story. <laughs> he, he, he sunk $20,000 into that clinic just to come up with an <laughs> alibi. And honestly, who wouldn't do that if you're, it's either be bankrupt or be labeled a horse fucker. Yeah, what else have you got to lose at that point? Exactly. When you go up to the veterinary clinic and go behind the counter and it's that guy staring at you in a white coat. Um, so let me go ahead and take your horse for checkups. Uh, this may take a couple hours. Why does your examination room have wine and candles in it? It's part of the medical process. Don't worry about it. Medicine, yes. I pour the candle wax on the horse to heal it or something. But you have you have a Barry White CD. That's for healing music. That's medical Barry White. Medical Barry White, yes. There's sexual healing and then there's healing, regular healing. That's what I listen to. And he went on to say that he had tons of friends and a great life, and now it's all ruined. This goddamn slanderous horse ruined it all. Stupid bitch of a horse. Had to open up her fucking mouth. Man, he's he's so pissed off with horses crying rape these days. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, who can blame him? You try to show a horse a good time. Has our has our culture become so politically correct that men can't even be men around horses anymore? I, I don't know. It just it sickens me. You know, honestly, if this is what America has come to, I'm not sure. That I'd want to live here anymore. The guy clearly had a good life. He had lots of friends. He says so himself. I mean, he was driving around in a a lonely country road by the woods at 2.30 in the morning, pants shitting drunk. I mean, that's a guy who's got it going on. He has got things going his way. I mean, look at that face. Who can say no to those eyes? Mm -mm. I'm kind of getting turned on just by looking at him, honestly. Just imagine that face looking at you, some Barry White playing. (laughs) Now, whenever it came time for him to pick a defense attorney, Mm -hmm. I think most people in his situation would probably just go with a public defender. I would would think so that, you know, just 
you know, he probably isn't the most uh, well-off person. Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna assume that he doesn't have a lot of money. He yeah, I mean, does, he clearly doesn't have enough money for a disposable razor. Yeah, and he sunk. Well, honestly, in his defense, he sunk all that money into the into the baby deer clinic, so <laughs> he can afford proper defense. Not only did he not go with a, de- a public defender, he picked the most high-profile lawyer in Alabama, Cowboy Bob Clark. <laughs> That's his name? Yes. Cowboy Bob, the most infamous lawyer in Alabama. Basically, imagine if Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> fucking criminal defense attorney. Your Honor, my client pleads insanity. Why? He wanted to get those Duke boys. <laughs> <laughs> They're ruining Hazard County, sir. That's a TV show. I object. <laughs> my client throws himself on the mercy of the court. Do you have any closing ornaments? Tarnation! <laughs> Roscoe, get in here. Yes, boss? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think this out when I called you in here. I just want to show you that I have Roscoe here, so you can go back. All right, bye. I just wanted you to know that I was thinking about you. <laughs> well, that, that makes me feel good, boss. Good. Let's go rape some horses. <laughs> so he hires... Cowboy Bob Clark, mm-hmm. who has a history of taking on hard-hitting, controversial cases. And here's what Cowboy Bob has to say in his client's defense. Now, you can accuse a bishop in Boston of bastardry, but that don't mean he did anything. You can get a ham sandwich and indict it, but that don't mean the ham sandwich was guilty of anything, except of being a bad ham sandwich. This is a ridiculous charge of all the important things happening in the world. Why would anybody stop to read about this? I love that accent. (laughs) The monarch must believe in magic. Anyway. (laughs) So, he's pretty much saying that, you know, a ham sandwich is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, a ham sandwich is innocent of (laughs) sexual assault unless proven guilty in Boston, is what I got from that. I think that that sounds about right. Not only does he insist that his client is guilty, he's amazed that anybody thinks that this story is outrageous. This is like a jaywalking ticket to him. Yeah, it's running the mill. If I had a penny for every time I'd have pinned a horse fucker, I would have a lot of pennies, I, I suppose. I mean, sometimes your dick just ends up in a horse. You just, you don't know where, I mean, it's one of those days, you you don't know what's going on, but you know, before the end of the day, my dick will be in something. Preferably human, but if not, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Your Honor, I'd like to call into question the famous case of shit v. happening. <laughs> As you can tell, Your Honor, it's set a legal precedent that shit does indeed happen oh, and, my case. and the in the supreme court upheld this ruling that shit does happen by count of nine to nothing he takes off his cowboy hat and pulls out a handkerchief and starts patting his brow yeah he's it's the dead of winter but he's still sweating <laughs> like buckets it just turns into oh brother where art thou everybody's <laughs> fanning themselves did you hear about that horse rape pappy enough about that horse rape boy 
again, Leprechaun News was able to secure an exclusive interview with Cowboy Bob. Of course. Where again they asked, point blank, did he have sex with a horse? Not that I know of. Well, Cowboy Bob, it appears that people think he had sex with a horse. Man, you can think anything you want to think. I can't stop you thinking now. It'll be up to 12 bullshit detectives in the community to make that decision. That was his verbatim quote? Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, you, you can read this in the show notes. He actually said, uh, it's up to 12 bullshit detectives. And then they asked him if he would at least acknowledge that the alleged crime was cruel. And all he could say was, sexual relations with a horse? I don't know. I don't think that's cruel to you. I don't know of any law that says you can't have sexual relations with no horse. <laughs> I would like to repeat that. <laughs> Go ahead. Please do. On national television, a criminal defense attorney asked a reporter if bestiality was illegal. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Oh, Cowboy Bob. But, here's where the story takes an unexpected turn. He was right. Seriously? Easily was only charged with disabling livestock and only sentenced to a few months of counseling because it is not illegal to sodomize an animal in Alabama. <laughs> Well, I know where I'm going for spring break. <laughs> I don't feel safe anymore. Well, no, why? I mean, you're not an animal, so... It's a slippery slope, man. Yeah, sure. Like, it starts with the horse and the cow and a pig, and then it gets to, like, a guy who maybe hasn't shaved in a while, and the smell is kind of funny, and then before you know it, everybody's being sodomized. <laughs> Once again, shit happens. I mean, oh my god. I, I mean, I like to know who my neighbors are. I mean, knowing that there could be animal fuckers living next door to me. I mean, that keeps me up at night. <laughs> you wake up like at 3 a.m., just pour and sweat. Oh my god, I had a dream that someone was fucking the chicken. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't me. I mean, I look next door and I see my neighbors playing with their dogs in the backyard. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Well, you know, I mean, honestly, what goes on between a man and his animal behind closed doors is his business, at least in the state of Alabama. <laughs> the state of Alabama. Which I, I kind of find interesting. Isn't, like, bestiality a sin in the Bible? I know. Whereas, like, Alabama... Not just Alabama, but all the South. They like to uphold the book and how, you know, all the laws that we need to live a pure and righteous life are in that book. But yet no one thinks to put bestiality on the docket as an illegal law. That's the one place where they're Protestant. <laughs> they're writing down the laws thinking, okay. Uh... Abortion, nope. Gay marriage, nope. Horse fucking. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I'll allow that. Yeah, it's illegal for a man to consensually have sex with another man, but if a guy rapes a Doberman, uh, that's a gray area. Yeah. Who's to say that Doberman wasn't asking for it? He, he licked the guy's leg. I mean, come on. 
That's not a sign. What is? Your Honor, I would like to ask the defendant what this horse was wearing. <laughs> was he wearing a pretty negligee that night? Your Honor, a red-blooded southern boy can only take so much. Now, you tease a dog with a raw steak for long enough, that dog's going to get that raw steak whether you want to give it or not. And then sometimes that dog ends up getting fucked in the ass. Once again, shit happens. How many laws do we have in Alabama if this isn't on the books? <laughs> I mean, just, how much time does it take to become a lawyer in Alabama? I'm sure it's like a night class. Or, yeah, you just you, you watch a tape, attend a seminar. Here's your, uh, here's your law degree. Congratulations, class of Wednesday, 11 a.m. <laughs> Here's your cowboy hats. Yeehaw! You, my friend, are Cowboy Jim. You're Cowboy James. <laughs> cowboy Joe. Cowboy Mark. Can I be Cowboy Bob? Nope. We already got one of those. You'll be Cowboy Rob. <laughs> Secretly, all of our lawyers are considered cowboys. He's the <laughs> only one who advertises it. In Alabama, that's like, you know, how, like, doctor such and such. In Alabama, to be a lawyer, your official title is Cowboy. That's your... That's your title for anything, because it's the only one we respect. <laughs> we have no Doctor, doctors. Fuck that. I ain't getting no leeches on me. I'm a cowboy doctor. Go ahead. By all means, sir. Do you think we should go through with chemo? Cowboy Leibowitz? <laughs> cowboy Gupta is my brain surgeon. <laughs> yeah, but we have... I got to reading. We have some shitty cow... Animal, I almost said shitty cowboy laws. <laughs> no, the cowboy law is the only decent thing in Alabama. They protect the fuck out of cowboys. It's illegal to disrespect a cowboy in broad daylight. <laughs> uh, taking a cowboy's hat is a uh, <laughs> offense. They Beats cut off your hand. On the spot. That's the law of the West. They only law civilized folk will follow. But, uh... We have shitty animal cruelty laws in Alabama. That's really fucking ridiculous. I mean, look at cockfighting. The only... Actually, attending and betting on a cockfight in Alabama is perfectly legal. Really? Yeah, the only thing that's illegal is hosting and promoting a cockfight. And the penalty is a $20 fine. So, like, you can... Have a cockfight. Just don't tell nobody that you're having one. No, you can actually wager money yeah, that's what I'm saying. on whether just or not one don't... chicken will mm -hmm. brutally murder another chicken in front of spectators. But don't, you know, post about it on Facebook. Yeah, don't don't like someone's post if they're at the cockfight. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, you can watch that and then just don't tell nobody. The fucked up thing is, in our culture down here, it's not. It's not even really frowned upon. No, uh -uh, because I, mean, um, I know it's not related to, I mean, it's not cockfight, it's dogfight. But yeah, I remember when I was working radio uh, a couple years ago, they busted this big dogfighting ring in Washington, Georgia. Um, and God, it was like, I think like 20 dogs, they had been mistreated and, you know, been killed. And so they found like a, a mass grave. Filled with dead dogs that had died and stuff, and me, it was just all kinds of fucked up. I mean, I had a similar story down here a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and the dog fighting wasn't illegal. 
Well, I, it it was illegal. It's illegal here. But the thing is that the, really the main thing that got these guys in trouble was in addition to dog fighting, they were drug dealers. And they had like a shit ton of drugs and like illegal weapons in the house. And that's what fucked them. Not so much the fact that, you know, they had murdered two dozen dogs. Animal death matches? Who cares? What we care about is whether or not they were selling that weed. <laughs> uh, so what, these two dozen dog carcasses? Yeah, whatever. Sir, we found half half of an eighth of weed. Fuck that, burn the place down. <laughs> there can be no evidence of this horrible place. We'll erect <laughs> a monument. It Never is forget. evil. Evil. Yeah, cockfighting matches are like fucking considered fun for the whole family in some in some places down here. You know, um, it's been illegal in South Carolina and Georgia for a while, cockfighting. Uh, you know, I've told you before, like, I live right here on the border between the two states. And what they would do, like, they do this, they did this, like, up until the 70s when they ended up damming the river, making a lake. But um, in the river, what they would do was they'd have, they would take boat, people would take a ferry out halfway to the river, in between South Carolina and Georgia, out on the river. And they would have cockfights out on the river. Because, you know, it may have been legal in South Carolina, it may have been legal in Georgia, but out in the river, you know, shit went down because no no one was really fully aware of the jurisdiction at that point. So, I mean, they they got away with it. You could have cockfights out on the river. The river is its own world. <laughs> because um, there was one time, I always heard this story, but like there was some black guy, he, uh, he raised chickens, fighting chickens, and... Turn of the century was when this was, and Pancho Villa, the Mexican uh, freedom fighter, he, him, and like, of course he's Mexican, so like he gets into a Model T with like twenty of his buddies, and they ride other up. Twenty revolutionaries. Yeah, they ride up from Mexico to to Abbeville County to Calhoun Falls just for the express reason of buying fighting chickens from this guy. <laughs> I'm serious. That's, that's what puts your town on the map. Yeah, Pancho Villa once bought cock here. We don't, we don't, we don't try to clarify exactly what we mean by that statement. We just let people's imaginations run wild. Like, but um, they're Mexican, so they probably end up eating the chicken halfway back to Mexico. Your town tries to hide the fact that there were Mexicans there once. <laughs> the cockfighting is fine, but yeah. yeah. If if uh, John C. Calhoun heard about this, he'd roll over in his grave, and the horse would be on top. Look, you can watch him. He's in the middle of the town. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just thought about that. Uh, you talking about cockfighting made me think about that that story, that brief little story. Yeah, but the fucked up thing is, at cockfighting matches, not only are children allowed in, but kids under fourteen get in for ten dollars. <laughs> kids under five get in free. I mean, it's just like I'm not surprised that they don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave out Happy Meals. Happy Meals, yeah. A little fighting chicken toy. If you show if you show a student or senior citizen ID, you get half off. Yeah, the reason I know so much about this is yeah, that's why I'm, I was kind of wondering about that. Like, have you been to a cockfight? I have not been to a cockfight because you know I'm not human garbage. Mm -hmm. But for a while, my sister worked at a cockfighting ring. Wow, really. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but... <laughs> well, I mean, I was, 
I sound like I'm an undercover police officer. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've gained your friendship and trust and started a podcast with you just for the expression of arresting your sister. <laughs> it's a genius undercover operation. You're not even Southern. You're from New England. <laughs> I'm from Boston. How do you like my accent? You're working with Scotland Guard. You are Cockney. <laughs> but, uh, just to clarify, she did not work with the actual chickens. She worked in the kitchen. So she took care of the losers. <laughs> exactly. I never asked her that. Do they serve chicken? I mean, you know, you don't want to let perfectly good chicken go to waste. She worked at a cockfight arena. The, ch- the kitchen of a cockfighting stadium. What kind of concessions do you get at a cockfight? You don't, I mean, you never thought to ask? I think it's pretty much the same as if you go to, you know, a ball field. You get. Your big gulp. Yeah. They got Twixes you can buy. Yeah. You get some hot dogs and Cracker Jacks. You don't care if you ever come back. <laughs> they give you a plastic sheet in case the blood splatters on you. So it's it's a lot like a Gallagher concert. It's like, um, you know, death, well, half- blood, all that good shit. Well, halfway through, Gallagher comes out and smashes a rooster with his giant mallet. <laughs> I have nothing left. My career tanked after the 80s. He's crying as he does it. This is all I am now. Ah. Everybody laughs at him. This is not funny. It wasn't a joke. I just want some sympathy. Fuck you, Gallagher. And then they just throw chicken bits at him. How do you like that? Revenge. Now my sister would come home and tell us about her day at the cockfighting ring. All the interesting people she met there. All the chickens she got to see kill each other. Uh, is it... Now, do they... I know some places they do some places. Do you know if this one, they would put the razor blades on the actual chickens? No, that was expressly forbidden. They had standards, Matt. Okay, well, that's good. It's good to know that you know even even those people have standards. I mean, this isn't Brazil. This is some dirty underground cockfight. This is a cockfight you can take a date to. This is established. It's it's a cockfight for the whole family. Now you look in the front row, Spike Lee's watching. <laughs> He's on the Jumbotron. <laughs> Him and Jack Nicholson end up on the kiss cam. <laughs> oh, you guys. The cockfighting cheerleaders come out. The cock teases is what they call <laughs> But one time, my sister was bragging to my mother about this guy she met, this older gentleman, who apparently was like a big wheel in the cockfighting world. Uh, he was the cock. Yes, he was king cock. There you go. Apparently, he had an entire ranch where he did nothing but raise chickens for fighting. For some reason, like. Do you know what this guy looked like? Because I'm imagining like he's like in an all-white suit with like a fedora. He's like sweaty. Unfortunately, I never met him. Because I'm sure he would have been a fascinating individual. I just imagine him looking like Mickey from Rocky. Because not only did he raise them, he trained them. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, what do you do? Like, you know, in Rocky, they train Rocky by making him chase a chicken. What do you make a chicken chase? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Ooh, I don't know what a chicken is chasing me, but I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta do what I do. 
Expendables 2, Hank Tate. I gotta, gotta make some money. <laughs> but he raised and trained chickens on his ranch. Mm-hmm. And apparently made a ridiculous amount of money doing it. Like, he was the high roller of the cockfighting arena. And as she was saying this, I realized my sister was trying to set my mom up with this guy. Oh. Essentially, my sister wanted to be the stepdaughter of the King of Cocks. She wanted to be Princess Cock. Yes. She wanted to live in his cock mansion, you know, tend to his chickens. Work his cocks. And the fucked up thing is, my mom went on a date with this man. Really? Yeah. It did not work out. He, he, I think what happened is he tried to uh, get her to fight another lady. <laughs> she, he, he tried to take like razor blades to their ankles. This is the only true measure of excellence in our world. This is the only way I can get off by watching women fight to the death for my amusement. I mean, do you think that's how he solves arguments? Probably. Like, you know, guys get ready to fight. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I can think of a more civil way. That we could we could do this, and they go they they fight chickens and one chicken. All right, fine. Um, you had the one that won, right? All right, you get shotgun. All right, let's go. I we, challenge you to a duel. We draw cocks at noon. <laughs> you know, the fucked up thing is about you know, I think I guess because of like the age I was when I was younger, but I always draw cockfight to Pokemon. <laughs> It's the same damn principle, you know? Well, they're less cruel to animals in real-life cockfighting. We don't keep them in pokeballs. Yeah, they never fed those damn animals. No wonder they fought all the time. They were starved and crazed. I wonder Pikachu could only say Pikachu. I mean, He, he had was no half-retarded. He was inbred. He was delirious from starvation. <laughs> they bred him to be a killing machine. But cockfighting aside... <laughs> That was just one of the many, many stories I've heard involving Cowboy Bob. Mm. That was Cowboy that, Bob? Oh, not that, the cockfighting story. Oh, with, dude, that would have been so awesome if that just turned out to be Cowboy Bob. Like, you know, It could have been. You I, don't know. You don't know his name. That's the thing, right? You just knew him as King Cock. Cowboy Bob Cock. King Cowboy. <laughs> he has all the titles. Yeah. Um, He's Randall Flagg. He's known by many names. All of them are King Cock or some variation of that. Um, but interesting note, my brother worked at a cockfight as well, although not the kind of cockfight that you're talking about. Same name, just different kind. They fought with cocks, just not the kind you're thinking about. Ah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fun for the whole family. Yeah, that's more humane. That kids should get in for half price. <laughs> I'll pay to see that shit. Um, the, the the for the cockfights, the title for those were literally the winner comes first. <laughs> it writes itself. That's just one of the many stories from my hometown. I do have another story prepared involving mm-hmm. Cowboy Bob, a disgraced judge. And a wooden paddle, but we'll have to save that for another episode. Yes, please do. I want I want to hear that in all its glory. 
Oh, Cal- I think Cowboy Bob's going to be a recurring character on this show. Good, good, good. Um, now, if only my one-armed councilman would get into some more trouble. <laughs> they team up. Oh, they team up and they take over the South. It becomes the thing with two heads. <laughs> two heads and three arms. <laughs> a white cowboy's head on a Soul Brothers body. Yeah. Um, but after you have you had that pretty entertaining news story, I'm, I'm gonna admit this next story I have isn't gonna be able to compete. But this is a news item I saw a couple of days ago last week. I was like, I have to save this for this podcast because you know I have to mention it. Um, I'm honored. This is from Georgia. Um, it's in northern Georgia. Uh, let's see what town, what county is it? I'm looking at the story. Right now, but doesn't really matter. It's Georgia. Yeah, we just say Georgia. Um, it's nowhere I've heard of Union County. I don't know where that's at. But anyway, here is the start. Here is the headline: Ku Klux Klan seeks to adopt stretch of Georgia highway. <laughs> a Ku Klux Klan chapter wants to spruce up a stretch of roadway in northern Georgia, creating a legal quandary for transportation officials as they consider the white supremacy groups adopt the highway application. <laughs> so this group, this KKK group from Georgia, the exalted cyclopses of the Union County Klan, is what, <laughs> that's the name of their leader. I mean, an exalted cyclops, what the fuck kind of, I mean, it's, I can see maybe, maybe he has an eye patch. You know, I get that. It's Scott Summers. <laughs> I knew it all along. Scott like, Summers. Hey. It's like if, if this guy has optic beams, then he's kind of badass. Jesus, yeah. Why? Is, you would think that the Klan would be, you know, very. They would be down with having mutants, you know, lead their, you know, the groups. But you never know. Well, he fucks the White Queen, so they're cool with him. <laughs> yeah. As long as he's white, they don't care about his, you know, genetics. But um. But here's the interesting thing. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. In 1997, in Missouri, a Klan chapter tried to adopt the highway as well. And here's the thing. Um, the uh, the federal appeals court ruled in favor of the Klan. They said, you know, they have a right to adopt the highway if they want. So they took it to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court just laughed it out. They said, no, nah, get the fuck out of here. We don't want to deal with that, so you know they were never allowed to adopt the highway because the Supreme Court wouldn't hear it. I like to think that they arrived at the Supreme Court in hoods. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I think that um, what they should do is – all right, they want to adopt the highway. There has to be rules and stipulations that they can adopt the highway for. Like first off, you know, one of the things to adopt the highway, you, you have to clean it up. You know, go down the side of the road, pick up trash and stuff. They do that, but they can – they have to do it in their hoods and robes. <laughs> and on their hoods, they only have one eye hole. <laughs> and it's illegal – I mean it's legal for you to throw shit at them as you drive by. And they have to wear those orange vests. Yeah, they still have to wear those orange vests. Um, but you – I mean, you know – did they say why specifically they want to adopt? Um, I'm looking at it right here. This is what the this is what the Grand Cyclops says. <laughs> he says 
his group just wants to help the community by picking up trash. Quote, our intentions are, keep, are to keep the road clean. We love our race. We don't promote violence. <laughs> he then added, the exalted Cyclops has <laughs> spoken. He, he, he threw down some smoke bombs and tried to run away, but he got stuck opening the door. He's like, uh, yeah, pay no attention to this man beside the door. He tried to run away, but he was too white. He got caught up in his robe and fell over. Well, personally, I think that's bullshit, because here's what I think their plan was. Mm-hmm. They were going to get the, their clansmen to go out on that road with paint rollers and paint, paint the road white. Paint the asphalt white. That's what I kind of had a feeling that that might be the ulterior motive. There'd be like a stretch of highway, a mile stretch that's white. They put up signs, whites only road, NASCAR road. Yes, NASCAR, detours for all NASCARs. All NASCARs have to walk down this highway on the side of the road. Too long has our country been strangled by the tyranny of NASCAR highways. But we love NASCAR. There's a lot of confusion. Uh, When I say NASCAR, I do not mean NASCAR. I mean NASCAR. If you get what I'm saying. But, yeah, we uh, love NASCAR. And I have another question. Why do they call you Cyclops? Uh, NASCAR. <laughs> he pulls off his hood and it shoots a white beam out. <laughs> the white beam of hatred. And racist Wolverine is next to him. Another great speech, Slim. Um, this, this one I want to like. It seems like the clan is the only ones who try to do this. You know, like you don't see like the mafia trying to adopt the highway. You, you, know, don't, you don't hear about the Hell's Angels no. trying to clean up litter, which they right. should. I mean, they use the highway more than anybody. Yeah, they're the ones who cause all the litter, throwing beer bottles everywhere, and, and the dead corpses of their enemies. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, it just seems to me like to the, to me it seems like they're provoking. They're trying, they, they did this because they knew it would start controversy. And that's all it is, I think. They're trying to stay relevant. You know, this, the KKK has been relevant since the 60s. Since the Civil Rights Movement, the KKK has been nothing but a bunch of retards. Well, they were retards before, but now they're even more so. Like, I don't know if you remember this, or you ever heard about this. There was this lady who, her husband got cured by a group of uh, KKK members and so what she did was she sued them and she won she she sued this organization for all they had she sued them to the point where she got the deed to the KKK uh, meeting house <laughs> she owned this this elderly black lady owned their <laughs> clubhouse the Xavier Institute so what she did was she charged them rent and hijinks ensued. It was and they made it to a sitcom <laughs> on ABC, you know. She's played by Jack A. White supremacist in the black super. She's very sassy. Yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, she. I mean, like I said, she really she she won their clubhouse. I just imagine like, if I was that lady, I would live in that clubhouse, you know, <laughs> just to prove how badass I am. She'd attend all of the meetings. With notes. She shows up. She, does, she doesn't wear a mask, you know. Or she she gets custom robes that are black. 
She's just trying to slowly make them more and more uncomfortable. Because she won't acknowledge that they're racist. Yeah, and she's still kind to them. Like, she brings them brownies and stuff. All of her notes at meetings are about organization and technical things. She's the one that suggested they adopt the highway. <laughs> to help, help, help with your image, yeah. yeah. Once again, the Ku Klux Klan is trying to appeal to a, a younger demographic. It's like whenever they did that cartoon show in the 90s, The Crazy Klansman. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Now, that was, Crazy was spelled with a K. Yeah, they were always bumbling around, getting into trouble. They had a talking, they had a talking uh, German Shepherd <laughs> to attack blacks and help them solve mysteries. And um, I think pretty much I have another news story, but I can save it for the day because it's a very complicated news story. <laughs> like yours, it involves some local politics and stuff. Councilman? Uh, a sheriff this time. There's a sheriff uh-huh. race in South Carolina that involves um, fired sheriff's deputies coming back to run, um, drunk guys, and uh, alleged kidnapping. <laughs> that's so, going to be a great episode. That's going to be – that seems like it's either a real-life news story or the plot to, like, a Tennessee Williams play. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis is involved somehow. Yeah. He's running for sheriff. He he's not really actually like he's doing it to research a role. He just creates like a false identity for him to run for sheriff as. So he'll get another Oscar just for that. He'll get the world's first real life Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it's just some some short bald guy they paint gold named Oscar. He has to stand on like Daniel Day Lewis's mantle all the time. <laughs> he's his manservant. Oscar, I starve. Well, I don't think there's anything, any way we could top that, do you? I don't think so. I think that might be a good point to end this show on. Yeah, you, you can't top Cowboy Bob and the Crazy Klansmen. Uh, those PR-savvy Klansmen that they are. All right, well, I think with that said, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. This has been uh, this month's edition of Below the Bible Belt. So do you think you learned anything this month? No horse is safe in the state of Alabama. And when horse riding, no person is safe from a horse dick. (laughs) All right, so until the South rises again, I have been Matt. I am James. And you have just been Below the Bible Belt. get into nascar very much no we didn't we mentioned it a few times i think i don't think that's so bad i mean we did say nabisco about 50 times last year yeah well the situation kind of hit with that too i'm pretty sure i said like close to 50 times myself so that one story whenever i'm at work and i pass by a nabisco product i giggle i was trying to think of like you know of like nate like n words to use and i kept like the only ones i could come up with were products like Nabisco, like Nokia, Nike, Nestle, uh, Nikon. I want to use. I think I come up with it that I want to use nipple clamp next time. I don't know something about nipple clamp. I find it to be a very funny word. Nipple clamp is pretty funny.